morning, Joseph. Thank you so much for being here. I would love if you could introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, I'm Joseph M. Leonard, but there's no Owen Leonard. And as an author, I have to use my middle initial because I'm Joseph M. Leonard in Michigan, but there's also a Joseph Leonard in North Carolina that has books. So I obviously want you to buy my book, not his book, right? <laughs> and like I said, I, I'm in Michigan. I'm in the Detroit area. I'm a former IT guy. I've been writing pretty much since grade school. I'm a holder of several dozen copyrighted materials, including a radio play that uh, won a contest with the local radio station across the border. So being from Detroit, uh, CJOM, a Canadian radio station, had a contest, and I entered... Uh, they, uh, they wanted you to write a brief radio play to introduce a song of the week. And the song of the week was Billy Idol's Eyes Without a Face. So I wrote a radio play, The, De the Adventures of Detective Idol. And I, did, I spelled it I-D-L-E so it wouldn't be, you know, the same as Billy Idol, which is I-D-O-L. And I won that contest. So... So in a weird way, Billy Idol affirmed my writing cred. I love that. I would love if you could tell us what your book is about. I know you have a few, but the one that you wanted to talk about today. Yeah, well, first, because uh, I, I want we we spoke before you hit record. It's an ugly, rainy day there. Is it getting fall uh, chill there? Here, start, yeah. starting to get chilly there too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to give you some advice. Don't forget when you go out to wear your Dakota. <laughs> but I'm bummed. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I can never pass on a bad pun. And also, with your last name McBride, does that mean you were married in a McDonald's? No. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> My book is very, very serious, but as you could tell, I believe you've got to keep a sense of humor, no matter how serious things are going around you. Uh, my book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you. Obviously, the main theme is about terrorism, but that's not the only thing it's about. It's about values, and, you know, it's anti-hate. It's about love versus hate because, you know, people who hate us want to kill us. And I also like to say it's very important that despite terror strikes coming soon to a city near you, main theme is terrorism. It's not a book about death. It's a book about life and living. And those both foreign and domestic that would want to deprive you of your life, liberty, or your pursuit of happiness. Uh, so to me, that's an important distinction. And also, it's not really a spy novel, it's, nor is it a Rambo kind of shoot em up blood and guts kind of a book, you know. It's an, an intellectual pursuit, uh, a make-you-think kind of book. And uh, let me uh, 
actually go to my website here real quick so I can quote it properly. I like to say it's at the foot of every page of my website. Whether you are independent, uh, fair warning, many deem this book controversial and upsetting in many places, which it is meant to be. It's meant to make people think, to challenge their own and others' intentions, motives, own morality, and mortality. This book is not about fear. I don't want to. Uh, you know, make you afraid and curled up in the corner in a fetal position, sucking on your thumb and, you know, and trembling in fear. It's about living life and living, like I already said. I want you to live your life, but I want you to be awake and aware to things around you. Live, but don't be stupid, right? Be awake and alert. Amazing. I love that. What inspired you to write your book? Actually, like I said, I've been writing since grade school, and most things that I write about come to me in a dream. And this book was no different. The opening of this book came to me in a dream, actually, in 2006. So I started writing it in 2006. Well, I got like four fifths of it done. You know, I had a good, I felt a good beginning, a pretty solid middle. I had my ending written already, but there was just something missing. And I just couldn't quite get what was missing. I, I didn't feel it was ready to publish. So I set it aside. And then that dream came back to me again last year. And I said, okay. I, I think I get the message. Now is the time for this. And I picked it back up again. And sure enough, the words just poured through me onto the page. I spent another six months uh, fixing that hole in there that I felt that I had. I reworked the ending a little. And since it had been 15 years since I started the book, I had to go back through the beginning, too. and change a few things that had gotten a bit stale. Uh, but yeah, my motivations usually come to me in the form of a dream. And I, I feel compelled to write about them. And like I said, I've been writing my whole life. I, I am a holder of several dozen copyrights, but I've only locally published some of my pieces. This is my first internationally published piece. Amazing. When you were writing your book, who were you thinking of when it comes to who your book is for? Well, yeah, that, that's a good question, and it's a typical question, so I'm definitely ready for you. <laughs> Again, we got to keep our sense of humor, right? <laughs> and oh, the other thing, too, is North Dakota is my second favorite Dakota next to Dakota Fanning. I'm sure you've probably heard that one already, though, right? <laughs> that's that's probably a pretty old joke by now. But anyway, seriously, uh, this is an all-audiences book, uh, intentionally. Uh, you know, there, there's, there, there's a, you know, 
a dam in there, you know, D-A-M-N here and there, because uh, there's a scene uh, that takes place in the, in a war zone, and obviously soldiers usually cuss, but I don't go beyond that. And, you know, because I wanted this to be an all-age-appropriate book uh, so that someone could read it, uh, you know, middle-aged, and hand it to their kid, or someone who's older, uh, who may be a grandparent with someone in junior high or high school, because we don't seem to teach history in this country anymore. And this book is what I call faction. It's technically historical fiction, but I like, you know, as an author, I like to make up words too, right? So I call it faction, part fact, part fiction. And it's a fictional story about Martin, a Detroit newspaper man who decides to write a book about terrorism. So we follow him as he does research, and that's the historical part of the historical fiction. He goes through studying various terrorist attacks in relation to, uh, you know, for use in his book. So we follow him. And there are then historical, factually accurate portrayals in the book, along with the fiction. So it is meant for young and old, male and female. Like I said, it's not a blood and gut shoot them up. So uh, <laughs> it, it's not for just macho males, <laughs> young, old, male, female, uh, religious and non-religious. Now, I have to give the caveat there is a degree of religion involved in the book. There has to be. We're talking about terrorism, and the predominant terrorism is Islamic fundamentalist radicals. But it's not about that, and it's not a book of Islamophobia. It, you know, not every terrorist is Muslim, and not every Muslim is a terrorist. It's a shame you even have to say that these days. And I was on with Dawn Williams. She has the research show, a Muslim woman, and we get along just fine. She has no problem with me or my book. And again, it's, it's a shame I've got to say that. But in today's word, world, you know, they want to try to dismiss this book, the, the cancel culture, and, and just try to dismiss it by labeling it Islamophobic and it is not that. There is also a chapter on Tokyo, Japan, which has to do with a Christian cult terrorist group. So it's about all terrorism of all kinds, anywhere and everywhere in the world, not just the United States, even though the main story driver does take place with Martin here in the United States. But again, it's international. It's, there's a chapter on Toronto, Canada. London, England, Madrid, Spain, and like I mentioned, Tokyo, Japan. So this is for everybody, anywhere. I'm selling books, copies in Australia. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm, I'm doing pretty well in, in England also. So everybody and anyone can enjoy this book. Also political and non-political, because uh, again, his book has to, to be honest. I sat down to write an honest, thorough book. So it has to touch on religion. 
and politics because religion and politics are involved in motivations behind the terrorists that hate us and want to kill us. Amazing. Thank you for clarifying on that. I really love <laughs> that you went into that and shared more on it so that people do know because it is something that comes up. Yeah, you know, people people make assumptions and I'm actually working on another project right now, a how to become a published author for sp- aspiring authors because I achieved my dream of finally having an internationally published book. And you can go to Indiegogo and search for write and publish and find that project. Uh, and, and, and now uh, the train has left the station. Uh, the, my train of thought has gone off the tracks. But <laughs> um, I know you touched on this, but how long have you really been writing and what made you really sit down and start writing your books that you were publishing? Oh, yeah. Again, uh, that might usually come to me in dreams. And I've got all kinds. I've, I've got a sci-fi short story. I've, I've got a horror short story. Uh, I, I've got a thriller short story. I, I've got another novel that's a crime drama that wasn't, you know, just locally published, not on a large scale like this. This, like those came to me in a dream in 2006. And uh, I I just feel compelled to write what comes to me in my dreams. Uh, And uh, like I said, I started 2006. It didn't come together. So I set it aside and then picked it up again last year and finally felt like I had something that was uh, important for this current day and age, because with the Wuhan virus, a lot of people think that terrorists just laid down their guns and decided to be peaceful. And that's obviously an insane notion, but you don't see it on the news like you used to because they've been, the media has been focused on the virus. So, you know, the fear porn, if it bleeds, it leads, you know, whatever they can scare you into tuning in with at the moment. Uh, but it's picking up again. And I issued a press release after the current uh, administration recently droned Amnon al-Zawahiri, uh, a terrorist. We killed him in a drone strike. And the previous presidential administration had drone struck uh, 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 Soleimani. So now that we had another recent drone strike on a major terrorist group leader, there is going to be stepped up local uh, small-scale terror strikes uh, like the Salman Rushdie attempted murder. That happened, you know, just what a month or two ago in New York, because uh, the Iranian Ayatollah had issued a fatwa, uh, which is a kill order against Salman Rushdie decades ago when he wrote Satanic Verses. And, uh, you know, that fatwa didn't go away. And somebody all these decades later tried to make, you know, make, uh, cash in on that bounty that was put on his head. 
So now that we are fighting back again more, they are going to want to retaliate more. And whether there is another large scale like a 9-11, hopefully we can, you know, intercept and interdict those things. But it's possible. But one of the main points of this book, Terror Strikes, coming soon to a city near you, it's right there in the title. People, this is not, not just a New York or Pentagon or London or Madrid or Tokyo or, or uh, uh, Paris issue. Small scale attacks can happen anytime, any place. And you can see I'm holding up a paper, but those listening on audio obviously don't see that. But I keep this paper handy. There have been more than 250 mass shootings in the United States this year alone. Did you know that? Exactly. And let me illustrate my point that it could come near you. Here's just a couple. Mass shooter at an Iowa nightclub, April 10th. Arkansas car show, March 19th. Vegas hookah bar, February 26th. Virginia hookah bar, February 4th. And my point at saying that is, what do these places have in common? They're not the big city. It can happen anywhere. It can happen in your rural community. And I have a chapter called Tulsa, where it takes place in the middle of nowhere. These killers want to attack people the easiest place possible. What is your schedule like when you're writing a book? Oh, well, that's funny. Because I I I, I kind of allude to that uh, in my book itself. Like I say, we follow Martin, who is writing his own book. So it's kind of a book within a book. So I kind of allude to his setting aside specific times to, you know, uh, to allocate, to bear down and really write, get away from the wife and the kids and be barricaded in its den to write. Uh, and in my Indiegogo project, Write and Publish, that I hope to put out a next book to help other aspiring writers achieve the dream of becoming a published writer, I discuss that too. It's different for everyone. Like for me, I've been on social security disability since 2004. So I have all kinds of time on my hands. So whenever the spirit moves me, that's when I sit down and write. For someone else, obviously, with, and I'm, I'm not married, I don't have kids. So I I don't have those stresses and strains. I have stresses and strains, but not those particular ones of life. So I can do it whenever I feel the spirit move me, hop in front of the laptop, start typing away. For others, you know, you kind of got to write, set aside time to write, though I give this free tip. If you're an aspiring writer, nowadays everyone virtually has a cell phone. 
And on your cell phone, you have the opportunity to have a mail app. Well, you can email yourself. If you open your mail app, usually every smartphone now has either a Siri or a Google Assistant that you can dictate into your phone and have it translate your text or your speech to text. So if you're out somewhere driving along and you get an inspiration, pull off to the side of the road, open your email app, dictate your inspiration so that it's, and then email it to yourself. That way you've got it saved and you're not, when you get a chance a day later to sit down and write, trying to think, oh, what was I thinking? What quote did I have? Well, you know, those things can disappear. So you can dictate to your phone bits and pieces of your book. And then when you sit down to write it, copy it over from your email into your book. So there's a a nickel's worth of free advice for aspiring writers and and a hint into what I hope to share in my next book. I love that. What do you need in your writing space to help you stay focused? Uh, again, I don't have distractions of a wife and kids. So, <laughs> so it, it's kind of a, an irrelevant question to me. It's quiet around here. I just, you know, obviously turn down the volume on the TV uh, to make sure that there's, you know, no background noise and, just have at it. Love that. What is your favorite snack or drink when writing? You know what? That's, I used to be a big Coca-Cola drinker. You know, and I, I'm getting older. I turned 60 this year. So I, I know I, I need to do better, right? So it's not like I drink, uh, a, you know, a, a, a smoothie of, kale and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not going to go that crazy. But I bought a soda stream, you know, those soda streams where you can just take plain water, fizz it, and add a flavoring. And so that's what I use. I, I get the, the root beer flavor. It's really good. It's almost like having A&W root beer. I, you know, I'm not saving any money, I don't think, really over buying two liters of Coke, you know, every other day. But I know I'm drinking healthier because I don't have the caffeine. There's, you know, I don't have the high fructose corn syrup, except for the little bit that's in the syrup, you know. So I drink that so that I can try to be a little heavy, uh, healthier. And again, we're doing audio only, so the audience won't be able to see this, but you can see I'm holding up a chocolate Nesquik right now. I, I've got that for the interview. <laughs> I love that. Um, are there any books or authors that inspired you to become a writer? Well, I'm going to twist that question a little bit uh, because usually the question is, if you had to say what your book is like, what is it most like? Who else is it most like? Well, Terror Strikes Coming Soon to a City Near You is kind of, if I had to define it in those terms, 
a mashup between two things. A Tom Clancy, Some of All Fears novel, which was also a very good movie. Now, I, I say that it's not a spy novel. So, you know, it's not a Jack Ryan thing or anything like that. But I say that because, of course, the terrorism aspect. But it's also like the movie Deep Impact with Morgan Freeman. Well, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie or not, but a meteor is going to hit the earth. Well, my book certainly has nothing to do with a meteor, but the aspects of deep impact where what does the government know and what aren't they telling you? So in a way, my book is a mashup of some of all fears and deep impact. I love that. What type of books did you grow up reading and did you have a favorite? Uh, I don't think I have a favorite uh, book. I mean, I I love H.G. Wells uh, uh, and things like that. I'm a fan of Orwell. Uh, My book is is not like in 1984 or an animal farm where he was talking about the future. If we didn't pay attention what the bleak future might be. Whereas my book is kind of about, well, we're here now. <laughs> You've got to pay attention to the now or we're really in trouble. Uh, I, in one, of, one of my favorite books, and I, in books I seem to gravitate to sci-fi for some reason, but I'll mention this book, Stimulacron 3. I, I can't tell you the author. The, their name's not coming to mind right now. But it's a sci-fi book. And I love that book because it turned into what is definitely my favorite movie of all time, The 13th Floor, which is about an alternate reality kind of thing. It's kind of like a matrix, but more realistic. Think. Like today, our computers, you can play SimCity on your computer, right? Well, you can also get 3D glasses, virtual reality. Now, imagine if you could put on your virtual reality goggles and download yourself into your SimCity that you built. And that's the concept of Simulacron 3 and the 13th Floor movie. It is fantastic, uh, you know, because, again, and, and he wrote that book way long before, you know, video games uh, existed. Uh, so like Orwell, he had a, a major uh, epiphany and insight to what the future actually would hold. And I actually do mention the 13th Floor movie in my book to reference the point of some people preferring to try to live in a delusion rather than the reality as it exists. Love that. What would you tell someone just starting out with reading again? Well, oh, you know, that's that's a first one. I, I haven't been asked that. Uh, if, if you haven't read in a while, obviously, the first book you got to read is Terror Strikes Coming to, to a City Near You. <laughs> Other than to say that, you know, 
the unabashed self-promotion, I don't really know how else to answer that question. <laughs> okay. um, on the uh, well, let, yeah, let me add this, though. I mean, with the world the way it is and, you know, it, with inflation and being in a recession right now, uh, and, and I'll say this about my book, too. I could have wrote a lot more in this book, but I tried to keep it down to a $20 book because I know everybody's hurting right now. Yeah, I could have wrote a, a double the size, but it would have been double the cost. Uh, movies are expensive. Books are still can be bought relatively inexpensive. So now is a good time, especially now that we'll be heading into winter again, fall and winter, and it's cold, will be colder. Now is a good time to curl up with a good book and start reading again. I love that. What would you tell someone who's just starting to write their own book? Well, yeah, I kind of alluded to the one hint there. And like I say, go to Indiegogo and look up my write and publish project because I hope to have a book by the end of the year or into next that will deal with this very subject. How to improve your writing and get published. Uh, you know, just dabble. Don't think uh, that, you know, everybody's got a story in them. And like I say in the opening of my next book that I'm working on, some of the greatest stories you've ever heard or will hear come from people you've never heard of before. And remember, Stephen King, Tom Clancy, and James Patterson were all unknown authors at one point. Now, you may not become the next Stephen King, but your story can enrich someone's life. So by all means, you write and then, you know, share it with family and friends and get their critiques and their suggestions. I just watched a movie the other day, uh, Who is the Real Harold, Harold uh, Spitz uh, with Kelsey Grammer. And it's one of those books about a, a writer who's, you know, having trouble getting his book. And he meets a kid who encourages him to write a children's book. You know, write what is ever in you. And uh, in that movie, the child helps him, you know, he bounces ideas off of her, how his child book might sell. Well, you've got family and friends and you can bounce your story ideas off them. And, you know, but at the end of the day, it's your story and your book. You do you. Uh, but be open to criticisms. And, and, and suggestions. And if you like them, use them. If you don't, reject them. Yeah, I love that. What is one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? Well, again, we're on audio only, so they, they can't see. Although if they, they look at the back of my book, they'll see this chrome dome that I have. <laughs> and that wasn't by choice. I had leukemia in 2010, so I'm a uh, cancer survivor. And since the hair came out, I decided, you know what? 
I'm just going to continue to save a ton of money on shampoo and conditioner and shave it. <laughs> oh, I love that outlook. And my heart goes out to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And uh, I have another book that I'm toying with too. And uh, I was on a show that strictly deals with cancer. Uh, but we talked about this book and I talked about, I do have a third book that I'm looking at that will have a cancer sub survivor sub theme in it. Uh, Cause this is another thing to throw back to uh, somebody writing, write what you know, as the saying goes, fictionalize things. Don't copy something verbatim out of life, but you can draw inspiration from your life or others' lives around you. And, you know, write what you know. It gives a sense of authenticity, and it also creates an endearment for the character. Because if you can't grab uh, a person's attention and make them either like your character preferably love your character, but at least like your character, or if it's a protagonist, hate the SOB, to want to know how the rest of the book goes, it's a worthless book. You got to catch them in the first couple chapters to get them to want to read through to the end. I love that. Is there anything else you would like to say or add? Uh, well, I, I'd like to kind of share my life philosophy. And this is in the book. I have my character say it. Remember, things could always be better, but they could often be worse. I love that. It's so true. Where's the best place for readers to find your book? Is signed copies an option? I know a lot of readers love those. And the best place that they can connect with you. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's available at any bookstore. It's internationally published. Again, that you know, bookstores in England and Australia are carrying it. If you're local brick and mortar, and I'm a I'm a big supporter of small and local business, shop local. You know, so if you've got a local bookstore, if they don't got it, they can get it. <laughs> they can order it for you. Or, of course. The, you know, we, we all love the convenience of buying online. You can get it at Barnes & Noble online, Books A Million, any number of online stores, of course, Amazon. But I, a lot of people are not a fan of Amazon because like Walmart's people are saying they're, they're shutting down some mom and pop stores, you know. So, so you could do that. But, yeah, if you want an autographed copy... You can buy direct from me. Uh, you can go to terrorstrikes.info, not com or org, terrorstrikes.info, and there's a buy button there. And you can order direct. As long as you have a U.S. address, you can order direct from me. You'll get an autographed copy. I'll include the shipping free, uh, you know, third-class media rate. Uh, I'm willing to eat that cost. Uh, it's not a big deal. So, yeah, you can get an autographed copy. And, yeah, autographed copies are nice. I've got a couple dozen in my bookshelf. <laughs> they are some of my fondest books. And likewise, if you want to contact me for any reason, you could go to terrorstrikes.info. There's a contact tab. 
but I also have an author site. That's josephmleonard.us. Now, again, there's, there is no Owen Leonard. It looks like Leonard, but it's not French. So Joseph M. Leonard, L-E-N-A-R-D dot U-S. And there's a contact tab there also. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We'll make sure to put those links in the show notes so that everyone can find them easy. And again, thank you so much for being here. I greatly, greatly appreciate you having me on. You know, it's uh, nowadays you, you couldn't. There, there's so many books that come out throughout the year, you know, and not being a an established writer like a Clancy or a Patterson or a King, the only way to really reach an audience to let them know, hey, there's a new kind of book. And I didn't say this yet. Let me throw this out there. 99.9% of all books are cookie cutter books. They follow creative writing formulaic guidelines. I took those and put them through the shredder. So if you were looking for a very, very different kind of style book, this is your book. The others do the cookie cutter thing. They're really kind of the same story with, you know, often the same characters, just in a different place. This book is truly unique and different. I love that. Well, thank you again. And I will definitely drop those links in the show notes, guys.